Welcome to the PMPA Speaking of Precision podcast, featuring your hosts, Carly Kistler-Miller and Miles Free. Hello, I'm Miles Free, and welcome to PMPA Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles podcast. Carly Kistler-Miller has joined me today, and we are going to discuss the role of nitrogen in free machining carbon steels. Welcome, Carly. Thank you, Miles. Okay, nitrogen and steel, chemistry and steel. You got to be loving this one. Well, I I am, Carly. This is this is where I get to talk about the many factors in free machining carbon steels that can promote or work against your machining uh, outcomes in your shop. So, we remove the scale. We increase the mechanical properties by cold drawing. That's called cold work. Uh, we get the size tolerance and out around and straightness just right. These are all benefits of cold, cold drawing hot rolled steel bars. But one of the factors that nobody, nobody is, you know, really thinking about on a day-to-day basis is the role that nitrogen plays in how successful we, we machine the parts and also how successful the parts are when they're in use. That's funny you say that. I don't hear nitrogen mentioned. I mean, carbon, yes, all the time. Nitrogen, not so much. Carbon, 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 yep. Nitrogen. So why, why are we talking about nitrogen? Well, from the machinist's point of view, nitrogen is the chemical element that can contribute a superior surface finish because it helps strengthen the chip. That makes the chip break in a, in a crisp matter. Imagine trying to cut a tomato, slice a tomato mm-hmm. using a wooden spoon. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, right, right. We <laughs> put nitrogen in, we put nitrogen in, and it's like a frozen tomato. Now we've got a chance. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so um, the nitrogen helps to make the chip break in a crisp manner. And... And we notice this particularly on the side working tools on the, on the OD, right? Um, but the effect is also there on the, on the other tools. That's why we get a nicer surface finish. So the simple way of thinking of it is that the nitrogen kind of boosts the strength of the steel, the hardness. It, it boosts the hardness to the, like the optimum level for machining. And so we get a, a smoother surface finish and a little higher rate of production. So where does the nitrogen come from? Now, that's, that is the question, Carly. Okay. That is the ding, question. Ding, ding, gold star for Carly. Gold star. Steels for bars come either from the electric arc furnace method, where we melt scrap in, in air and, and we turn it into liquid steel and then cast it, or the basic oxygen furnace method, and that's where we take blast furnace iron, which was made up from iron ore and coke and limestone. And, and then we refine that hot metal iron, that pig iron, and we refine that. And so the BOFs are no more than 25% scrap fed because if we put in more, it'd be like a slushy and it would freeze. And mm. we just lost our our whole shop, right? Problem, yeah. The electric arc furnace, rarely do they put hot metal in an electric arc furnace. I mean, why would you? 
So that's like 95, 99% scrap. So there's two different methods. And because the BOF is saturated with oxygen, there's very little nitrogen pickup from the atmosphere. The entire time that steel is melting in the electric arc furnace, it's picking up nitrogen from the atmosphere. And so it gets, it gets higher level of nitrogen. So when we, when we tap, a BOF steel uh, would typically be 10, uh, maybe 40 parts per million nitrogen because there's just not a lot of atmospheric, uh, you know, nitrogen in the vessel. Uh, electric arc furnace, uh, probably 40 to 110 parts per million. You know, 100 parts per million, we're, we're talking, we can see it on our cert. <laughs> wow. Okay, so by choosing the steel from either an EAF or a BOF producer, one can unknowingly be specifying a different implied nitrogen content. That, that's Is that exactly, what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. We're, your, your choice of supplier implies a difference in the material composition in terms of nitrogen, which implies different performance for those side working tools I was just talking about. Aha, okay. So I did a study a few years back, and it was a few years back, and uh, the steel produced in NAFTA, which is at the time was Canada, US, and Mexico, was split between being produced in an electric furnace method about 57% and a BOF about 43%. Worldwide though, it, it's kind of, it flipped. 60, 66% was produced in a BOF while the remainder was produced in electric arc furnace. So if we were buying steel from non-NAFTA, the chances are pretty good we're gonna get low nitrogen BOF steel. Okay, so. Twice as likely, right? Whereas in the U.S. or NAFTA, it would be more likely to be scrap-fed electric arc, higher nitrogen. So if a shop is switching from domestic to import, it's possible that furnace used to produce the steel could change the level of nitrogen in the steel bars. Surprise, surprise, uh, surprise. Okay. So that change in supplier if it is, in fact, from electric furnace to BOF because, because the supplier change, yeah. that can affect the performance of the steel in your shop because the nitrogen is a ferrite strengthener. It strengthens the chip. And on uh, resulfurized and rephosphorized steels, you know, 12L14, 12L15, um, that nitrogen, it will really boost the surface finish produced by, by your process. Uh, the nitrogen actually acts kind of like, I call it pseudocarbon. It's just a carbon's weaker, weaker twin, right? Uh -huh. But it does help, uh, help strengthen it. And that's a good thing, right? Well, that's a good thing because we want that improved surface finish. But nitrogen, this, this weaker, weaker twin has a not so pleasant secret, and that is that steels with high nitrogen content have a tendency to crack during severe cold work. Okay, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound good. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one of the main reasons why whenever we go to see a cold heading shop 
or someone that's doing cold rolling, severe cold rolling, they're insisting on BOF steels and generally hot rolled BOF steels. They want the maximum ductility. Nitrogen kind of eliminates the ductility by boosting strength. So the ferrite uh, strengthening that the nitrogen does uh, lowers that ductility. And so if we're making screw machine parts out of 1200 series steels, and we know they need to be swage, staked, crimped, otherwise severely cold work, after we machine them, after we put them in a box, send them to the customer and there's no cracks in them, customer does their process and hey, now we got cracks. Mm -hmm. uh, probably nitrogen. Ah, so how can our listeners tell? Well, if, if it's on the cert, you're lucky. You know, it, if it's not declared on the cert what the nitrogen is, you could see if it says electric furnace or BOF. Uh, but in, in my practice <laughs> uh, handling claims in, in quality for a, a number of steel companies, batches of parts that the crimp cracking, when the frequency got above 12%, I knew it was time to send out for a lab analysis for nitrogen. So one or two percent, and it could be, you know. You didn't worry about that. Uh, uh, yeah, that was kind of, it was not statistical, right? Okay. So batches of parts with crimp cracking frequencies from about 12% up, and by up I mean all the way up to 100% because it's not very forgiving if in severe cold work. Uh, in those cases, we were able to establish that the, the nitrogen got to that 90 part per million area. We, we had a noticeable, noticeable thing. So when you see that double digit percent for crimp cracking or, or for cracking, not as machined, but after the cold work, that's a pretty good sign. It's worth sending out for a lab analysis to confirm it. So that's the tipping point when it gets to the double digits? That's, that's the tipping point to me, you know, uh, 0 0.009 to 0 0.010 or, you know, 90 to 100 parts per million. Um, that's where it is. So um, if you really need to do severe cold work, the first thing you should do is try your best to get BOF material with the lower nitrogen. Okay. Let me see if I've got this straight. If the parts are not cold worked, either during primary fabrication or after machining, then the specification of re-nitrogenized 12L14 or 1215 should be considered as improved surface finishes and higher production rates from the nitrogen addition make this an opportunity to boost profitability on multi-spindle operations? Yes, exactly <laughs> right. We get quality, we get productivity, we get better surface finish. Win, 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 yay nitrogen. Yay. If we're not <laughs> doing severe cold work. Okay. If we're not crimping. Right. Right? Okay, so there's so always that if. There, that, that production boost that's bottom line carly yeah Nit nitrogen's bottom that's bottom line that that could be an extra yield yield out of your operations that could be that's profits right and profit sharing right and as long as parts don't come back for cracks that's you know that's first pass quality 
Yay. 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 So when you look at the uh, difference, when you're in a, in a shop situation and you've got, you know, similar operations and you've got terrible production differences, you know, whether it's production rate, surface finish on two different lots, the thing that you should consider, not just blame the operator, not just blame that second shift did it different than first shift, you should actually consider whether or not two different lots of steel, one from electric furnace, one from BOF, whether there may be that impact due to that, that uh, implied nitrogen content. So now you can look at your certs. If they're, if they're identical, it's the same supplier, same mill, same, then it's probably not the nitrogen. But if you've got two different mills, suppliers, maybe they're NAFTA and maybe they're European, all of a sudden we've got a lot more complexity. So, so all right, so the bottom line is that while nitrogen can improve surface finish and production rates, it can also be a likely cause of part failure dur during the cold working operations. Right, and either after you machine it or after your customer gets it and does his cold work. Okay, so it's obviously very helpful to know a specific application and order accordingly. Contract review, Carly. Contract it's, review. It's one of my most frequently said, but not yet on the podcast, kind of sermons. <laughs> Contract review. Need to understand the application, need to understand your process. And in this case, you need to know what your material implies for how those are going to perform. That wraps up today's podcast on the effect of nitrogen in our machining shops. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You don't want to miss one. For additional information, please visit pmpa.org, where you can also search for articles, webinars, more podcasts, and other resources. And if you aren't already taking advantage of a PMPA membership, be sure to check out pmpa.org to see the myriad of other benefits. And why is a PMPA membership so important, Miles? Because, because we, we are, are better together. together. Don't forget to join us next Monday on Speaking of Precision, Monday with Miles.